Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap to the Trouble with Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward, having trouble with my words, and with me as always is Kyle. And look, a good week for the state of Michigan. Really, when you break it down, you know, regardless of uh, Michigan State's loss yesterday, Michigan and Michigan State a combined four and one, all four wins. No, excuse me. All four wins coming against tournament-bound teams, three of them coming against top ten teams. Um, just a very impressive showing when you break it down by, you know, the state. We are going to break it down by the schools, and we're going to start with the Wolverines, who, look, they did what they were expected to do against Indiana. You know, that's just the way it is. Um, you know, Indiana's... In the same boat as Michigan State fighting for their tournament lives, and you know they lost by 16 to the Wolverines, and then uh, you know then they come out and they decimate Iowa. Which look, that wasn't look it, the score looked shocking, but I think ultimately the result wasn't when you really think about it. Yeah, I think the Iowa, you know, Iowa win was very impressive. I mean, I was I was probably most impressed with that because. They played both ends really well. You know, or the Ohio State game last weekend, you know, they just didn't defend all that well. So, you know, this this game against Iowa and Indiana, both ends, you know, they played both ends very well. Uh, you know, they locked in. They were just, you know, locked in on their own, their man and health. Just a cohesive unit. I mean, I just think that every single time we talk about this team, we just we have to rave about that, you know, their chemistry, the way they play together, and it, it's just, you know, Mike Smith and Brown, what pickups? Because I just don't think this team's nearly as good without that. And, well, not- and I just think it was, I think it was just something that we just didn't know. We've talked about this a lot, and I hate to to beat a dead horse here, but it's the truth. I mean, we we just didn't know how good those guys really were. I mean, we just didn't see them. I mean, you don't know how good a guy like Smith is going to be when he plays in the Ivy League and he takes 19 shots for a bad team. You know, you just don't know. I mean, it's like, yeah, he's a really good player, but he hasn't played in the Big Ten. He hasn't had that competition, and he's pretty much leading this team. And, look, I just said this the other day when I talked to Michigan fans. I think he's a better player than Simpson, Tyler. I mean, I just think he's better all around. And they got better. I mean, they got better when you lose Teske and you add Dickinson. Dickinson's better than John Teske. I mean, he's just a better player. And Mike Smith, I think, is a better player than Simpson. So, look, they brought back the guys that were already there playing well. Livers. With two new – and the liver's healthy. And and you bring two new guys who are better than the guys you lost. And then you add Brown, who's – starter for four years i mean i think we just didn't see it coming and look and i'm still shocked i gotta be honest i'm still surprised in what i've seen yeah i mean it's it's weird you know you can go and you can look at you know some of the transfers that michigan states brought in over the years some of the transfers michigan's brought in over the years you can look at joey hauser this year you never know how these guys are gonna fit you know, because look, when you transfer yeah. to a school like Michigan or Michigan State, you're transferring more than likely from 
Butler program, and I know what you, you didn't say what you want about, you know, oh, my God, but they had the NCAA's all-time leading scorer for the last, last couple seasons, you know. Uh, they've had Dwayne Wade. They, what, whatever. You can say what you want. The Big East sucks. <laughs> the Big East sucks at basketball. And, I, you know, I saw Villanova's resume while I was waiting for the Michigan State game yesterday, and – Look, it's a step up, and you know sometimes they're like Brandon Wood, and they exceed your expectations, so to speak. But then they're like Joey Hauser at times, and they, you know, <laughs> aren't close to what your expectations are. And when you uh, look at what Michigan has done with Brown and Smith, they've both exceeded the expectation. Absolutely. You know what it reminds me of, Tyler? Like not fully because they play different positions, but it reminds me of. Um, you know, Brent Forbes came yeah, in Brent and Forbes he was a, a guy in Cleveland. You know, Forbes at Cleveland State, if you watched him play there, which I did actually, I watched him a few times. And one time, I think he was playing for Michigan State. He was the focal point of that team. I mean, he, he, he was a guy who, you know, you gave him the ball and he was trying to score. And he actually did it off the bounce, which he never was allowed to do at Michigan State, rightfully so. No, so but he does it in the NBA too. <laughs> Right. So, you know, it's funny because, you know, me being this, you know, I'm a big basketball guy. Obviously, I watch a lot of games and I, and I try to do, look at the, the bigger picture. Right. When I watch Forbes, I, I still remember going, that guy's so out of control. And, and you just kind of felt like he wasn't a good player. When he gets to Michigan State, his role was solidified. Come off screens, hit shots, play great defense. And he looked fantastic at times. Mike Smith is exactly the same where he's now not taking ridiculous shots. He's not taking 19 of them. He's taking six. Every shot is a great shot. He gives the ball to other guys. You know, like I got ripped by a friend actually because he was a huge Xavier Simpson fan. And I said, look, Simpson was – he was great. I mean, he did some awesome stuff. Who's Simpson? What's that? Who, who's Simpson? Oh, you mean well, Jeff Jackson. That's yeah. my opinion. That's my opinion. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like – and that didn't make it any better for me. Look, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to knock a kid for making mistakes, certainly. Right, me, right. Kid, I'm kid, not going to do like that. Mistakes. It's still funny. You know, I – yeah, it, it was quite ridiculous. Yeah, you know, it, it kind of made me think. It kind of made me think back, like, hey, when I was in trouble, maybe I should just call myself. Uh, hey, uh, my name's my name's uh, Nate Nate Moss. Not never mind. Just kidding. Um, but uh, you know, I just don't even know what to say at this point now. But that's my point. Like the guy just wasn't the guy. Like I even remember under Beeline, you know, Simpson drove Beeline nuts. Right. Because he just doesn't move the ball. You know, he, he the ball sucks, sticks to his hand. He's the guy that's going to do it. And you know how we feel about that, me and you both. It drives us crazy. Like, oh, I, you know, it has to go through him. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's the difference with this team is he's the point guard, and sometimes Brooks is the point guard. Or, you know what, I don't even need to bring it up sometimes. So, look, I mean, we could talk all day about Michigan. I mean, why I think they're so good this year, but I just really wanted to note that today because I just really think Smith has been a huge, huge piece for this team. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, you talked about it too. The ball would get sucked into Simpson, and when you're not a shooter, you know, it's it's one thing if you're Russell Westbrook it's or James Harden. Oh, God. And the ball just stops with you, but at the same time, you know, when you look at what Harden was able to do at Arizona State and what Westbrook was able to do at UCLA, you know, you look at what 
you look at that type of stuff, like it's okay for it to get like just sucked into that black hole. You know, Kofi Kofi, great athlete. I mean, Westbrook is such a great athlete. But yeah, but Simpson could not score like Coburn, like Harden, like Westbrook. And he's the point guard, so the ball is already stopped to begin with. And I think that obviously, you know, you look at this transition to Smith, and especially with the transition of the type of players that Howard's getting, I'm not saying. You know, oh, five star this, four star that. I'm not saying those types of players. I'm saying like legitimate athletes. You're able to run a little bit more. Um, obviously, you know, we need to wait another year for that to fully take effect, as it's pretty much Dickinson and transfers that are uh, running the show this year. But yeah. next year, it's going to play a big role, and you can see already that transition into how he wants to play as opposed to how Beeline wants to play, which, look, it's not right or wrong if you do it right. It doesn't matter which way you do it. There's no question. They just got such a good balance right now. And one of my friends asked me the question, you know, I don't see a weakness. What do you see as their weakness? And it will always be the thing that we've talked about, and and that's the possibility of not having eight guys. And, um, you know, and and like I said, though, Brandon Johns, I even gave him a shout-out, believe it or not. I said, you know, he's had times when he's played well. So he has to do that in the next level because, you know, you're going to have that one game where – you know, maybe Hunter picks up two silly fouls. Yeah. And Davis, Austin Davis has been so good. I mean, he's such a great backup. But, you know, he he's not dominant like Hunter. But let's say he picks up two also. You know, and now who do you go to? You go to Brandon Johns. And, and in the game, you know, Johns was on guards. And Garza was like, oh, gosh, this is going to be fun. And he, you know, he gets an easy basket, right? And I know it's only one play, and I don't want to be harsh on this kid. You know, it's a soft society. the potential but, match. <laughs> right. But the, but the bottom line is that's the one thing I worry about is if a couple of guards pick up a few silly fouls because you know how they call it in the tournament. It's not like the Big Ten. You know, it's just different. You yeah. know, you might get a, a crew from the Big East, the ACC, that's, that's soft. So. Yeah. You know, you've seen that with Michigan State. They've gotten hammered by that a few years where they just get every call against them because they're such a physical team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that worries me, though. But other than that, they're just – they're rolling. I mean, every piece that you got to have to win, they have. And, uh, you know, Franz Wagner, can we, can we just say something real quick about him? I mean, <laughs> how good has he been, though? I mean, he – He's just been fantastic. Yeah, it, it, you, you're seeing these players over the last couple of weeks, and you're seeing it on a couple different Big Ten teams. You know, you're seeing it with Maryland, and, you know, you're seeing it with Wagner, and you're seeing it with Henry. Just over the last couple of weeks, like, all of these guys picked it up a notch. And, you know, because yeah. they know what it takes to play there. I mean, Wagner, look, he didn't really get an opportunity. Um I mean, I guess if we're really breaking it down, he didn't get that opportunity last year. But, um, you know, when you look at Maryland, they were in the tournament, you know, uh, a couple of years ago. And you look at Michigan State, they were probably the best team in the country at the end of last season uh, before everything got shut down, um, especially with what they were doing. And so – when you get these guys who just amp it up towards March because they have played in the tournament, they have seen the tournament, they've seen the preparation firsthand, the travel and all of that fun stuff. Um, You you know, that experience helps 
And that's why on Wednesday, I'm going to take a little bit of a back seat here on our own show because we're going to have two guys who have experience in the NCAA tournament. You, obviously, Jeremy, and then uh, we have Anthony Ayani coming on. And so we're looking forward to that. Um, look, can we, one of the I'm going to have to bite my tongue the whole show. <laughs> look, Anthony, I told you this. I, I have to say, I have to say this. If if Tuesday is going to be a, a really important day for you, yeah. because <laughs> you do not want to deal with me Wednesday <laughs> if Michigan State loses and Michigan wins, and I have to sit here and Anthony Ayani yelling at me for 25 minutes to 30 minutes because I will be gloating. And he'll be able to sense it. He'll just know. He'll have that sense that this guy is a jerk. He's a jerk. Well, absolute he, jerk I, I think he's but I, I will to know that already. <laughs> but, mm. but, but, and he already knows. So, but, yeah. but we'll talk about uh, Michigan State in that in a second. Look, what about the job? And I, I hate it because I feel like this is all we talk about. This is all we talk about when we talk about Michigan, but it's – because he is such a focal point, and that's why I enjoyed going off base a little bit and talking about the play at our position. Look, the Big Ten Freshman of the Year, Hunter Dickinson. I mean, and that's the thing is I don't even think he's a first-team All-Big Ten player because of the way Coburn's played lately. And I said at the beginning of the year, or midway through the season, I thought Dickinson could play place over Coburn in that regard. I don't think he can anymore. But that being said, the job he did on Garza, it, it's incredible. Garza's the national player of the year. Or the front runner for it. I don't think he, I don't even think he's a Big Ten player of the year because I like to assume him more. But um, I like him more than maybe Sosoko does anyways. Um, but I think that the job that he did on Garza was absolutely fantastic. And it helps when you have that collective Defense, because you're not going to stop Garza, but when you have that collective defense that can also recover off of helps and things of that nature and shut down the Iowa shooters. Well, I, I'll i be honest with you. They just put Hunter on an island and they said, just contest everything and make it tough, and that's what he does. And, and you know, as much as, yeah, there's some help there, but not no, much. No, I mean, no, Michigan no, doesn't no, like to no, double very often. Double or anything like that, but look, you left him one on one. You know, you left you left him on an island against, like I said, the front runner for national player of the year. Well, and he just was so good against Indiana as well with Jackson. I mean, it was just it's just impressive to watch him. And the more he plays this way, the more I go, gosh, he's gone. There's just no way he's going to stay because. I mean, every single NBA exec is going to watch that guy and go, "I mean, what a what a threat to actually have a big guy that can score down there and rebound and also defend down there as a rim protector." I mean, I would love if he came back one more year, but the more he plays like this, I mean, no way. I mean, it's just impossible. He's going to go if he has a couple good weeks coming up, and he's playing dominant basketball offensively and defense offensively. He's he's just. He's gone. I've said it numerous times. He's not the best all-around player on the team. He's the most important player. He's the guy that just makes you go, they're already tough enough. And now this guy comes in. You know, this guy comes in and buries us inside seven foot one, 240 or 50 pounds. Um, You know, and then he contests everything inside. He blocks shots. He gets a rebound. 
it's deflating for the other team when you actually do get to the basket or you get a good look and you got this seven one guy down there. Um, he's just been great and wow. I mean, I thought he was going to get hammered. I think I mentioned it to you. I thought Garza, you know, you know, coffee would kill him inside. You know, Trace Jackson, I thought he would kill him inside. Uh, he's made it like where. He's better than them at times. Not, you know, coffee. We don't know yet. We'll find out tomorrow, which is oh, a great okay, matchup. And, uh, and I think he's going to be surprised too, a little bit like this guy's not even, he's manning me up, you know, and, and it's just different. But again, he's the guy that puts him over the top. He really yeah, is. That, that's one matchup that I'm uh, definitely looking forward to. Um, you know, when you, when you break it down, look, I, I've said, I think Illinois player for player, in the starting five, I think they've got a better starting five than Michigan. And uh, I think even even Michigan has a little more depth to an extent because neither team is really all that deep. Um, but, look, with or without Ayo Dasumu, that's going to be the big question. I think he's actually going to be out. Um, and so that's going to, I think, isolate the uh, Coburn-Dickinson matchup, which is going to be – just absolutely fantastic. You talked about it. He needs to have good defensive performances. He's not going to get many in the Big Ten, not the rest of the way, um, because, you know, two of his next three games are against a team without a true center. And that's, you know, two games against Michigan State. But then he has that opportunity on the defensive end to make a statement because he'll kill Michigan State offensively, period. End of story. But defensively, he's not going to get an opportunity to show it off. He'll get an opportunity tomorrow night. Yeah. No, he will. It'll be, it'll be matched up one-on-one down there, and, um, you know, he'll be able to go to work. And Illinois has got really good guard play. It's going to be a tough game. I think it's a one game that when I look at the whole season and I look at what Michigan has and what Illinois has, it is a scary game for us because, you know, they're very athletic, they're very fast, and they can combat some of the things that Michigan does very well. At so, um, yeah, this is a huge one though. They win it, they win the Big Ten. This whole winning percentage thing is the deal. So, uh, the only way Michigan, you know, it's it's a huge week, man, because the only way that Michigan can't win it is if Michigan State ruins their season. So, that's a huge opportunity for the Spartans because not only does it help them with them playing into the tournament, but you ruin your rival season, you know. So, if Illinois wins out, Michigan loses out. Um, you know, basically, uh, yeah, the great season when everybody was just so excited is over and a letdown and your rival did it. So that's why this week is one of the more exciting weeks as far as for me is with nervousness, exciting. Uh, I I don't know how I'm going to be Wednesday. We'll see how Tuesday goes. I am like in straight rivalry (laughs) mode right now. I mean, I am ready for thursday and sunday and i just i could just get yeah. through tuesday get, get me get through, through tuesday. tuesday um i i think obviously it's huge because we'll we'll talk we'll talk about this commission saving a little bit more in depth on wednesday um with anthony ayani but uh, yeah if you, if you can get through Tuesday, look, I think Michigan's going to take at least one of the two. Let's just be honest. You know, the way that they're playing. Yeah. Let's turn our attention, though, to Michigan State. Look, such a good week until yesterday. Such a good week. 
took down a top five Ohio State team. Took down a top five Illinois team. And look, you you said it. If you this was the phrase that you said to me, and I'm not saying it was incredibly egregious because I felt like Kofi Coburn got away. Sorry, Coburn, Cockburn, not sure. Uh, got away with a lot of elbows. I thought EJ Liddell was diving through like, you know, he was on an OSU football scholarship, like a fullback. Um, the way he attacked the paint, which, look, I appreciate aggressiveness, so I was cool with the way the games were called. Um, look, M- Michigan State has two top five wins. Nobody else in the country does. And, you know, that's one of the benefits that you get from playing in the Big Ten. And, uh, you know, then you turn around and craft the bet against Maryland. And, look, Maryland did some things. I think one of the more interesting things that they did, it's not that they really have a choice. Uh, They matched Michigan State small ball for small ball. And Michigan State had no answers. No, they didn't. I, I thought Maryland, uh, they basically showed their whole hand that game. I mean, you know, Mark Turgeon, God bless him. I don't know if I can handle another game with him. Um, that was a nonstop screen fest. And, and I think it just be, it was because they had to win that game. And, and you know, they had to prove, look, we're a, a legit tournament team. We're, we're rolling right now. We're going to be a 500 in this conference. We have to win this game. We must beat this team. So they came out very energetic at home. That's how tough this conference is. So I don't want to knock Michigan State. The, the troubling part was, is again, they did not know how to play out of the double team. And and Maryland doubled well, them a lot. They doubled Aaron Henry if he caught it like high post, like 12 feet out. I mean, they doubled him. When, yeah, it seemed like whenever. And they were all over the place. And they, they knew exactly what uh, each guy did with the driver oh, shooter nonstop uh, yelling and screaming. Him. Yeah, shooter, driver, shooter, driver. Oh, you know, Chris, it was like, it's okay, Christopher McDonald. Know, but, you know, it, it's <laughs> – yeah. And uh, the problem with Michigan State is this is the inconsistency that we've seen with this team all year where there's at times when they've like, they, they, they beat the snot out of Rutgers at home and then Rutgers, you know, Rutgers pounds yeah. them at their place. And I know a lot of that had to do with that pause. Yeah. That pause killed Michigan <laughs> State. I mean, it really did. And, and, and I, I – I'm so sick and tired of these people when it comes to COVID. Look, it's a problem for some teams when you deal with that. With Michigan, it's not as much of a problem when we look back now because they got such experience. You got guys and ultimately, that have so even many though years. They could, Michigan State even though they could not practice, nobody was suffering from that fatigue either because it wasn't their program that had that new variant which shut down the entire campus. It was another sport, wrestling, volleyball, whatever it was. Yeah, you know, you know, it's like Michigan State's had a really rough. Like, I'm not trying to give anybody excuses. You know, like you got to win the games, and you got to, you know, you either win them or you lose them. If Michigan plays all their games, do they win all of them? I mean, the way they're playing, there's a high possibility of that. Like, I got into that argument with you know our buddy there. I uh, won't say his name in our group. I mean, what's the, <laughs> what's the? How do we know if Michigan plays every game? They don't win most of them or all of them. They played that well. But for Michigan State to stay on to stay on them, that really killed them because they needed momentum because this is a team that doesn't have their point guard no more. They lose their you know their leader and star in Winston. 
you got to continue to build up. And they were playing well. The pause happened, and they get smacked by Rutgers. And they already had these right. inconsistent moments, right? Like the bad loss to Northwestern. Like, I, I laughed. The announcer, Dan Bonner, says they haven't had one bad loss this year. And I said, well, Northwestern doesn't look good. Rutgers losing by 100 doesn't look good. But, you know, as far as because the conference is so good, yeah. people can give that a pass. But my, my thing I want to make a, a valid point here is this team – has had a really hard time with adversity this year, Michigan State. The pause didn't help. Um, Any time that they, they don't adjust well to certain things because they just don't have that leader. And Aaron Henry's played outstanding. Lankford's had a couple good games, you know, recent. But I wouldn't say they're leaders. You know, like Lankford's probably a leader, but Henry's yeah, just a guy that's It's just easy to look like a leader. Play, you're the best buckets. player on the team. You're doing a little coaching on the floor and you're winning. It's easy to look like a leader. Right. I mean, I just watched Winston. It it was perfect because I, I think it was a Spartan basketball page on Facebook. They posted Winston's oh, that was three the big game sweep over that Michigan. Wasn't even Michigan State. He that was, was the guy. I mean, network. Yeah, and I was like, really? I don't want to see this. But but you know, it was like I had to watch because you know how much I love Cassius Winston, and it was like this guy completely. Won those games. I mean, he was everything in those three wins. I mean, when they were playing terrible at the Breds that last game, he just came down and took over, and, and Michigan never could recover. That's my point with they don't have a guy like that. So if there's a pause or if there's something that goes wrong or, or you know, guys aren't making shots, they don't have that guy to collectively bring everyone in and say, we got this, give me the ball, I'll control this, you know, one possession at a time, we're going to win this game. And that's their thing they're missing right now. And that will come with time. In the next few years, you'll see somebody finally step up and do that. But right. this I year, mean, they don't have Henry it. Henry did take over a little bit in the Illinois game. Uh, you know, you look at the – or you look at the Illinois game, rather. Joey Hauser actually hit some big shots down the stretch. Uh, you look at Ohio State. Hauser again had another one right before the ball bounced off his freaking head. Um, but Henry uh, – <laughs> but I did take over there. And um, look, Mar- you got to give Maryland credit because Maryland, the way they played defense was absolutely fantastic. And I love listening to you know certain play-by-play announcers because look, play-by-play announcers don't have a lot of experience in the game, and they're sitting there and say, "Oh, what Maryland's doing defensively is like they didn't really do anything like completely sexy." You know, you overload the ball side a little bit. You give your space to help and recover like it's the same thing i talked to seventh graders minus the double teams like that, that was pretty much it like they, they didn't do anything michigan yeah, state shot 33 percent yeah michigan and state look that's terrible. one that's one of the things that you know we're, we're going to get into here is look they packed the lane you know it was a no middle defense it, it was like it was a basic defense but they just did it so well and when you do that it does open up for those shots outside, you know. It, it, you know, I saw a couple comments on Facebook. Oh, this zone defense is—it's not a zone. They're just sagging off, helping, which is the way you're supposed to play. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, it does open up a little bit for the outside. You know, if you play man-to-man right, it does look like a zone. Um, you know, that's one of. Yeah, they had so but, many good looks. This, this, I mean, this if, is if my you question for you: that game. Is all of those shots 
were short. Is that a concern coming down the stretch? Because you're on an NBA schedule at this point. Michigan is too, but Michigan hasn't shown signs of fatigue. Uh, Michigan State's been trying to cram in all of their games to try to build up their resume. Is this cause for concern that everything was short? It's a cause for concern when you don't defend. Like, that's the thing that's killed them this year was when we watched earlier in the year, remember I said, wow, they're just, they just let guys drive right by them, right? And there was a lot of that against, against Maryland where, you know, Mark got in some foul trouble yeah. and he was letting guys kind of just get to the paint. Um, they, they, they left guys open from three, yeah, you know, and, and Maryland hit their down. shots. You know, they hit, you know, they didn't, they didn't get out. I think that's the bigger concern because you're going to have games where you don't shoot as well. What right. can you do defensively to make up for it? And, and I think that's the thing that worries me is it's, I think they'll hit shots again. I think they'll come out Tuesday and they'll hit shots against Indiana home. I think they'll hit shots against Michigan. Um, I, it's what are you going to do on the other end when you don't? And that's always something, hey, Jawan Howard, give him credit. He always talks about that. You know, I'm not care if you're, if you're going to miss shots. I'm not worried about that. What are we, are we getting back? Are we defending? And they did not defend well. And it looked a lot like the beginning of the year where guys were getting to the paint on them easily. Um, and, and look, I'm going to say this, and this is something that you know, I don't want to say when Anthony's on the show, but I may. It really depends. And this is not a knock on Michigan State. This is just the reality. The way they play, it, if it's a, a, a tightly called game, yeah. it's hard for them because they play so physical. They're handsy. They stop drives. They dig. If they start calling a little bit of that, you, you know, you, you got to be solid. And, and they got in foul trouble again, Tyler, you know, over the weekend. And, you know, when, when Mark Watts gets two in the first half, Tom Izzo ain't going to play him. I mean, he's just not. And A.J., is is going to be a good player, I think. I really do. I no, just, he's he just looks not like ready. He's, he's a young freshman. I mean, a young freshman that's not developed. How I referred to it the other day. Like, he's he just needs to spend a lot of time in the gym. And look, that's not an insult to him because, look, he's, he's, uh, he's ripped balls from uh, EJ Liddell. He, you know, he big boy Deo Desumu a couple times. Like, he, like, physically speaking, he's, a monster and incredibly strong, but he needs to get in the gym and, you know, work on that, you know, quickness a little bit because he's, you, you gotta, you gotta find that neutral area where he can still lose a little bit of that weight, but he can still keep his strength. Yeah, he's got he's got to hit shots, make plays, and yeah, he's got to cut down a little bit. And there's sometimes when I watch him, I go, yeah, I, I know what it's like to play a little overweight at the point guard spot. Never works too well. Um, you know, you're not light on your feet. You shoot shots short, like you're talking about, and, and you got to play at a lesser weight. I mean, he's got to probably lose 10, 15 pounds. We've seen this though with Michigan State, where yeah, Cash has Tillman had to change had to his body a little bit, right? And Draymond. he did. Um, Tillman had to big time. Draymond, they had, you know, you got to cut down a little bit. This sport, you know, you just have to. So, you know, I, I think he'll be okay. You know, he's young. He's a freshman. But, um, you know, they, they're young. They're young a lot of spots, man. I mean, they're, they're very young at point guard. We know that. And Foster's the leader and, and the veteran of the group. But he's just a solid kid. He's not a, right. a great individual player. So, that's the position that hurts him the most. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, you know, Rocket has to play really well for them to be really well. So, 
you know, I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge week for Michigan state. I mean, it really is. They got to win two out of three, in my opinion. Um, you know, if you don't win two out of three and let's say, you know, you, you go one and two, or if you lose all three, that's really bad, obviously. But if they go one and two and win a couple games in the tournament, I think they'll be okay. Um, but man, it's, you gotta beat Indiana. Number one, it's one game at a time. You can't lose to Indiana. If you lose twice to Michigan, you know, you can get a little bit of slack. Obviously you're not going to at home because it's a rivalry, but, uh, I just keep looking at it, Tyler, because it is so shocking that, you know, was it 22 yeah. years straight Since, uh, tournaments 97, and here we are, they're fighting. The and, uh, look, uh, this, uh, Yep. Yeah, and, I think they're uh, the third longest. Obviously, streak. look, just keeping the streak alive was kind of the motto after uh, you know you started to see Michigan State struggle. You kind of saw that kind of resonate along Michigan State fans. But here's the deal: if you can get in as a 12 seed, that five seed won't want to play you. <laughs> Dude, this is not this is not a 12 mm. seed team. You know, this is a this kind of looks like uh, you know Michigan State when. Uh, they were like an eight or nine seed and ended up with Kansas in the second round. And granted, they lost because Bill Self was paying uh, Joshua Jackson. But it's, you you don't want to see Michigan State, period, because you know what Michigan State can do. And you saw that against Illinois and you saw that against Ohio State. Um, when, you br- when you kind of break this thing down, yeah. postseason included, postseason included, because we do this every time when we're getting ready to wrap up the show. Postseason included, what's the magic number? How many wins does Michigan State need to say, okay, you know what, you're good, you get a pass, welcome to March. Three? I think three. I mean, I, I think three games, you know, if, if you can win, now you're at 16 wins. I think I mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. You get into 15, 16 wins. It looks a lot better than, than 14 and 12, you know, and that that's like, ugh, you know, that looks ugly. But, you know, when you're, when you're 15 and 11 or, you know, you're 16 and 11 or whatever it is, you know, it looks a lot better. Right now they're 13 and 10, you know. So, you know, you, you win three more games, which would say – you know, it's hard to do the math here. Let's just say mm-hmm. they they only win one on the next three, right? So mm-hmm. now you're sitting there at your, you know, you're 14 and 12. You got to win two games in the tournament, in my opinion. You know, 15 and 13, I just but, don't know if that yeah. looks good. 16 and 13 looks better. So, I mean, those are what the, those are the things they're going to do. I mean, Michigan last year was 19 and 12. There was no, there was no doubt they're going to get into the tournament. I mean, everybody and, knew they were going to be in. That's the thing. Is they you had a little better extra, Big Ten like, record. Pushover games, you know, in the non-conference season. You know, Michigan State still scheduled a few of them, but, you know, they didn't get to play. Um, they didn't get to play a Kansas and lose to them or anything like that. Maybe win, upset them, build that confidence a little bit. You know, you didn't get to see that type of stuff early in the season. Um I mean, they Duke still, but I'm I'm putting the magic number at two. You know, Ohio State, Ohio State's They'll lost three in a row. That, I know it doesn't matter because Michigan State beat. They're a good team. Yeah, yeah, they they beat a really good team, so that's all that matters. But but I it does kind of worry me 
because it does take it. Yeah. The, the winning against Illinois is bigger right now. It just is. You know, it, it's a team that's fighting to win the conference. You beat them. You beat so you beat Indiana tomorrow, and you just beat Ohio State and Illinois. I guess it kind of doesn't matter. I mean, it'll always matter what you do against Michigan, no matter what the records are. But I guess as far as just the tournament goes, because Michigan's so good right now, I, I don't think anyone's going to take into any right. consideration. It, it, those two it goes games back to Michigan it goes State back tournament. to what I said. You know, uh, loss in the Big hopes, Ten gives a crap. You know, every game, everybody's good. When you win in the Big Ten, it adds to your credibility a little bit when you're in the situation Michigan State is. And that, that's why I'm putting the magic number at two. You have to beat Indiana because here's the deal. You swept Indiana. That's going to get looked at. Indiana is also a bubble team. You're going to get that nod over Indiana. You already get it over Duke, who is a bubble team. So you are actually taking out your competition for one of those last uh, at-large spots. And then, look, if you beat Michigan, I, th- I think you're in, period. Um, yeah. Yeah, oh, if you beat yeah. Indiana I mean, and you they, split, they Michigan, split Michigan, or if you just avoid an upset in the Big Ten tournament, I think you're in. So if you beat Indiana and then you play – Northwestern or something in the NC or in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, I don't know how the brackets are going to look, and there's still a lot of shuffling that can happen. Michigan State can go zero and three and things up, but I think two wins is your magic number, especially with Michigan there. You either beat Indiana and you beat Michigan. I think you punched your ticket. You beat Indiana. You lose both games to Michigan. You just have to avoid any upsets in the Big Ten tournament, and I I, I think you're good. You know, I don't, I don't think Michigan State looks. Screw the net rank, rankings. I don't know what that number is. Screw the net rankings. You look at this. Michigan State has five quad one wins, and like I said, two of them are against top five teams. Villanova has five. Villanova has five quad one yeah, I don't, games I don't know played, that. and they're two and three. And you want to put Villanova number eight in the country? Bite me. The Big oh, East yeah. sucks. We just talked about that. <laughs> so I, I, I think Michigan. I think Michigan State is in a better position oh, I mean, than a lot of people think. It's just that people have become so obsessed with numbers. You know, you have oh, this is their tournament resume. Like, well, if we know that Michigan State needs to win one or two or four more games like Andy Katz and Joe Lenardi are saying, then what's the point of Selection Sunday? Just tell me who we play. But I think Michigan State is safer than a lot of people do. They still need to win two games, but I think they're safer. I, You know, I'll tell you what. You mean, look. Right. We can go over scenarios all day long and, and look because they're yeah, they're real. Yeah, you lose Indiana, but then you beat Michigan twice. Or, yeah, you win out. Michigan State could you win out. out. Yeah, but if if that scenario happens though, where they do lose all that, that, three, then I the think next then I three, then I think the magic you, number oh, changes, and I think it changes. Boy, oh boy, you would have to avoid that upset. You would have to avoid that Northwestern upset or I, whoever. I think, yeah. Yeah, you got to win two in the I Big Ten I, tournament. It yeah, you might be win three. Two in the Big Ten tournament for it might sure. Be three even if you, if you go only three. two, you got. Yeah, I mean, because now, 
Yeah, because now your your whole record yeah. is evened up, and your Big but, Ten record is terrible. This is, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's you yeah, know they'll he, end up here's being the thing is, since there weren't all of conference. these games, all of these non-conference games where Northwestern could beat up on some people, even you know, since you didn't have those non-conference games. I, I think it's kind of dumb that we're just going to sit there and we're going to say, yeah, eight or nine Big Ten teams. When, what, 11 were supposed to make it last year? Or, no, Mich- Michigan was fringe as a yeah, nine. Do I think? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they had the luxury of, like you said, a lot of non-conference yeah. games, but they also had an even Big Ten record. That, that looked good in that conference because last year's right. conference was right. was labeled the best also last year. So, you know, I, I think it's um, – they do have that going for them. It's a great conference. But, you know, man, I mean, if I, if I look at that record and I say, okay, 14 and 12 after this week or 13 and 13, ooh, I mean, you got to do something else. You just do. I don't think that they're going to give them any slack, Tyler. I mean, I think that they're going to look at that all-around record and they're going to say, okay, yeah, they had a couple big wins, but they've had so many bad losses as far as – like, I think Dan Bonner's wrong. I think they've had a lot yeah. of bad losses. What helps them is the conference is very good. So you have a bad loss to Iowa. Iowa's really damn good. You have a bad loss to Rutgers. Well, Rutgers is pretty good, and we did crush them at home, so they get away with that. You can't – you can't lose to Indiana at home. You just can't. You cannot lose to a team who's struggling and is not very good, and you got to beat them. So, you know, they beat them, and whatever happens, happens. I think they'll play much more confident against Michigan if they win that game. If they lose to Indiana, all hell is no. going to break loose, and you get to deal with me Wednesday, and you don't want that because I think this team can't handle that adversity, and I don't think they're going to come in very excited because now – you know, Tom will Tom will work wonders. I have faith that he's going to get those guys to play well against Michigan, no matter what. But a loss to Indiana is detrimental. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that's I mean, it really funny. is, in my opinion. Look, this, I, I almost feel like I say this every week, and you know, I I got a little bit of slack from the Purdue game because they turned around, and they beat Ohio State and Illinois, and so I think it bought me another week of saying, "Well, Indiana's a must-win game." Because I don't think they can beat Michigan. I don't. And that yeah. will break all of that down and the reasons why and all that garbage on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, in Indiana's a must win game. So we'll be back Wednesday. We'll cover Michigan and Illinois. We'll be covering Michigan State, Indiana. Anthony Ayani is going to be with us. So I'm also going to kind of just you know, pilot this plane and let two people who understand what it's like to play in March talk about playing in March. And, uh, yeah. Uh, You're going to be a referee. You're going to be a referee with, between me and AI. Oh, it's going to be, time out, time out, Paul, break it up, break it up. I think it's more, you know, think uh, Mike Tyson, D-Generation X style um, <laughs> type officiating, but, you know, it, it is what it is. We'll, uh, We'll break down that. We'll break down the Indiana Illinois matchups on uh, Wednesday. We'll also start viewing uh, Michigan, Michigan State. And then, you know what? Just because Michigan and Michigan State play each other twice, we're going to hit you up on Friday, too. And we'll break down the first game, what needs to change for whoever loses, and things of that nature. And then we will be back Monday. 
with our final regular season recap as we get ready to go into the Big Ten tournament. This is the best time of the year in sports, period. Um, it may not feel like it because of the COVID situation. Look, this, this is all in my, in my home state right now. You know, I, I claim I'm from Michigan, but everything starting oh, with yeah. Big Ten tournament takes place in Indianapolis. Uh, I cannot wait for some of these breakdowns that uh, we get down here for that. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. This is, like I said, best time of year for sports, although football kind of saved us during the pandemic. I'm not going to lie. But oh, other than that, March, March Madness is where it's at. And hopefully yeah. uh, we'll be talking about two teams having a shot. It kind of is important and imperative that Michigan State win tomorrow, though, for that. We'll see what they do with their small ball lineup and if Indiana just wasn't ready for it and if they're ready for it now. But that does it for us today. Uh, for Jeremy Fowler, I'm Tyler Hayward again. Anthony Ayani will be with us on mm-hmm. Wednesday on Anchor, by the way. I talked to him. Uh, he, he downloaded the app, so we're not going to get cut off. Uh, Oh, nice. Uh, on the blog talk uh, forum that we use. So looking forward to that. But that does it for us today. And I'm Tyler Hayward with Jeremy Fylde. This was the Trouble with the Snap podcast.